good enough in it. Good enough in it. It's time for the Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about art, science, and technology. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, to succeed, to learn, and to listen to loud music. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hi. <laughs> oh, I'm Rob Stenzinger. Hey. You forgot your line. I forgot my line again. You should have gone line. Line, yeah. You should have just whispered line. Oh, I froze. Yeah, you froze. <laughs> Episode 71, how do you feel about that? I think it's good. I think you know, it is good. I feel good about our collection of podcasts. It's, I do too. But I do think that it is time for us to talk about fish. Huh. I mean, it's been 70 episodes and it hasn't come up yet. So uh, I, I'm not really familiar with fish. I know They're like some p- people are super into them. Little animals that swim in a tank. They make music as a oh. band. Oh, yeah, there's that fish too. Okay. I am and I'm not tra- I really I have no idea what to think of fish because I haven't I haven't really I wonder if they still tour. Well, I will look that up. Okay. And see if they're still together. Okay. And because fish fans are very passionate people. Fans that yeah. Yeah. I I um went to school with a few fish fans now that you say that. Okay. Very very passionate about their band. That yeah. band, the band. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. But no, I want to talk about the fish that swim in little tanks. Oh, okay. Nice. So, like pet fish or um, what do you say? Fish companion? Fish companions. Okay. Dogfish. Fish manion? I didn't, I'm going to work dogfish in. Yes. That's a good idea. Although, I'll have to look back. We did talk about dogfish on the podcast, one of the very early podcasts. Bring it back. What do you think? We're, you know, it's been 70 episodes. I know. What do we have to wait for dogfish? Dogfish, um, no, you don't have to wait at all. Thank you, thank you. Dogfish is my favorite children's book <laughs> ever, and it's written um, by somebody with the last name of Shields. No relation to me, but still, that makes me laugh. That's fun. Yeah, and dogfish is one of these like fantastic stories about appreciating what you have. Mm-hmm. And it's this very sweet story between about a mom and a son and the little boy wants a dog. And she's like, why do you need a dog when you have fish? And, um, long story short, he oh, ends up, I'm not, Oh, spoiler. I spoiler. Oh Don't no. Spoil what it. am I doing? What am I doing? Anyway, dogfish, my favorite um, children's story of all time. And anytime I would go to read at the kid's classroom from the time they were like, toddlers all the way to current day if mm-hmm. i'm invited to read in the classroom i always bring dogfish and the kids just sigh <laughs> like duh they they tolerate it stop it with this yeah. dogfish very much so but i okay. love that story it is it's a good story that's cool it is a good story um and so pet fish dogfish yeah. all right I just, I think it's time. I mean, we've been silent on this for so long. <laughs> we, we don't have a pet fish. Why, what's there to be silent about? The fact that we don't have a pet fish. Okay. Yet. Yet. Okay. So then pet fish has been a topic we've been dealing with at home. 
not just a, a, on a podcast. So yes. And let me back up just a, a half step and say that pets have actually been a topic at home quite a bit. And um, several years back, one of the biggest um, wimp out things I've ever done that I, 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 I hold to is I told the kids that all pet decisions in this house are made by your dad. <laughs> So you're welcome because they ask me for every animal under the sun at least once a week. Yeah. I've been asked for lizards, iguanas, geckos, birds, rabbits, I don't dogs, uh, lots of dogs, little rabbits, crawfish cuz apparently at school they were giving them away. Mm. Um salamanders, Bunnies a couple of times, and of course a cat, like a, another cat. They love the cat we have, but they would like more cats. Also a horse, and they would like to keep the horse at our home, not in a, in a stable. They're very specific in their animal quest. Uh, okay, fine. Also a unicorn, honestly. So well, yes, there was that. For so we are actually still in a little bit of trouble for that because it didn't happen. It didn't happen, and that was like. Uh, holiday wish magic that um, didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah. And there's still some skepticism and hurt feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, so you, okay. So you said you, 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 you backed out of, you know, this like conf- well, I shirked, conflict, confrontation. I shirked thing. the responsibility. Okay. I passed it all upon okay, to you. So why, why did you do that? Um, because if I were in charge of pet decisions, we would be running a petting zoo right now. There would be a baby goat <laughs> chewing on your chair. Yeah. Because yeah. I have no willpower. Okay, I have a lot Please. of willpower. But in this realm, uh-huh. and um, I love animals. But I also like to walk through my yard barefoot. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, not smell animals all day long. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right. I mean, I, I haven't minded being being given this because I don't really mind the conflict, to be honest. Because I like thinking it through. It's like they they uh, like I'll be asked. I would say like not daily, but maybe I would say at least at, uh, it would average out to monthly. Oh yeah. As far as Easily. like a, a, a strong desire discussion for a pet of one shape or form. And, uh, and I don't, I don't mind talking it through and, and saying like, here's why. And it's not that I, I, I like to be a, an anti-pet tyrant. I'm not, <laughs> I, I want to at some point within reason to, you know, uh, add, to the animals who are welcome to live here, right? Um, but uh, not yet, not not really when our when our kids are as young as they are, and mm-hmm. and you know for the most part it's a matter of um, uh, what do we want to have time for, you know? And it, it's, we're not at zero pets. That's the thing. Like, right. so if we were at zero pets, uh, yeah, like that wouldn't stay that way for long. Um, but we're not, we have, a, we have a pretty cool cat yeah. and we're, um, 
you know, it's great that she lives with us and we take care of her and, and all that. That's, um, she could barf a little less. We'd be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, she does remind us to the, you know, to the, that, that it's there, there is a lifestyle to it. Mm -hmm. It's not that, well, it's just like living with a bunch of humans, except one's tiny and fuzzy, right? <laughs> uh, nope, there's difference. There, there's you know, there's different care, different product, different. Um, you know, we need to do stuff to keep to keep our our companion healthy. Yes. So um, that's. Uh, it does. It takes yeah, a lot so of hard it's work. It's pretty easy to have the conversation when you. It's like again, we're not at zero pets, whatever, and and like, well, why would you want this one and have you thought this through and all that? Yeah. I mean, so right. That's, it's been no, the answer has been no for years for getting another pet until now. And the answer became a conditional. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a good dad. Well, thanks. Um, we'll see. Time will tell what kind of issues our children have. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so the con- conditional yes. I mean, I, I assume is this this what you wanted to talk about? Fish, yeah, yeah. Fish Quest. Fish Quest. Fish Quest 2019. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What can I say? So I have a background in game design, and uh, I'm a user experience designer. I, I've, I, I design and build systems. I think about problems systemically, and I, uh, I try to bring that kind of intentionality to. Uh, big choices all, all all the time. It's it. Um, I include my gut. I include my passion and emotion and excitement and all that. But like you know, it gets into a room with a bunch of other perspectives. Yeah. So um, so here so. What I think that you did a very nice job of with Fish Quest. <laughs> Fish Quest. It needs like music or something. <laughs> sure. Uh, what I think you did a really nice job with Fish Quest is connecting the quest to the characteristics or the requirements that the kids are going to need for long term success and care of keeping said fish alive. Yeah. I thought of it as uh, the principles. Right. So like what's the things you would need to uphold yeah. to, to make this work? And I think there was was there five? Uh yeah. So uh so the music of Fish Quest, I don't know why, like you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. W- would this be maybe um are you familiar with the Queen soundtrack for Flash Gordon? Well yeah. Okay. Well Didn't it, we use one of those songs in our wedding? Oh yeah, we did. <laughs> We Have did. you ever heard of this soundtrack? I forgot. I thought that was a trick question when you asked it. That wasn't it. a trick question. I thought you were like, "Have you ever heard of Snicker Snicker?" <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of we had some quirky music in our in our wedding. Just a bit. Yeah. Um, so yes, we used some of that music in our wedding. That was that was the processional, like the "Here Comes the Bride." Here comes the bride. Was from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I honestly, I would have. I would have bombed that trivia question. Like oh. it w- I would have been like reaching for it. Would uh, that that was that's a subtle one because the, there's obvious other there's o- two other songs I can think of that were involved 
but uh, yes. So you walked into <laughs> Tank Tank, which yeah. was um, the scene, the theme song from Cowboy Bebop, uh-huh. <laughs> and then I walked into Here Comes the Bride from by Queen from uh-huh. the Flash Gordon soundtrack, <laughs> and then we exited to Alanis Morissette Utopia. Mm-hmm. So take that. <laughs> take that, Fish Quest. That's right. Fish Quest was a foregone conclusion. With that, that was the right? recipe for it was really the recipe bringing about a Fish Quest. Uh, so right, uh, other songs on the Flash Gordon song, soundtrack have this other this um, this this what, urgent heroic tone, right? And uh, yeah, anyway, Fish Quest would fit right in. Fish Quest would fit right in. Yep, I love it. Okay, well, let's jump to your five principles. Okay. A fish so, quest. So here I am, a dad being asked for a pet. And I want and to And I'm searching for a way to say no. <laughs> I, I want to know I want to know what it takes because what happened is um, both both kiddos were like, "Hey, we're, we've been thinking about this. We've been really actually picturing life what it would be like with yeah. this pet it wasn't like any other request before yeah they really had worked it was just ideal fantasy which is fine and awesome and beautiful and cute and you know not necessarily qualifying for really taking care of a of a pet right right uh okay but they 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 showed this wet readiness and and um desire to to become more ready so i thought okay what what would that need to be so i thought of these principles i thought well um, to, to care for a pet is hard work. Um, and it's, it, it, you need to show the ability to, to do that. You need to show, uh, responsibility and, uh, also, uh, like thoughtfulness. So these are three so far, hard work, responsibility, thoughtfulness, and then sticking with it. Yeah. Because you can't just forget to feed the fish. The pet doesn't just show up for tea one day and then go somewhere else. Right. And then, oh yeah, what's up? Oh yeah, you leaned into that microphone. I thought, oh boy, what? So, uh, and the <laughs> stick final stick with it. Uh, yeah, that was just my intense <laughs> stick with it face. Darn right. Okay, and then uh, finance, the managing the finances. So, the um, yeah, you're gonna have to send that fish to college. <laughs> I, I honestly, who knows nowadays, right? I haven't had a fish for a long time, but there's uh, so if <laughs> they if there do is go fi- to school, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even get out my you, stupid school joke. That's that's a good one. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. So uh, fish finances and managing them, and it's not just well, okay, hey, there's. The fish don't come from, you know, uh, from wishing upon a star or whatever. You have to go buy the fish. There's other costs. What are those costs? Learn them, know them, right? Think about that. And then right. think about like have, living with the fish and what the ongoing cost would be. So, um, yeah. And I guess I went in to describe that second aspect of. So every, every one of those five principles has a challenge to, yes. to show uh, um, ready, readiness to live up to that principle. Yeah, so they have to, the kids together have to work together to complete the quest 
And just like you said, each of the five have specific actions or activities they have to do. Um, I'll just mm-hmm. give like one example. Um, hmm. On, um, you know, thoughtfulness, right? They have to write that checklist. They have to put together a checklist for fish care. Like, what are they going to do? How are they going to do it? Um, I think we included in there, where's the fish going to live? You know, is it going to, how's the fish going to get the tank cleaned? Mm. What are the steps for doing that? And so they've done a, you know, they've done some of those things and I know they've. And I added another phrase to that too. It's like, well, writing a checklist for fish care, it's not just, okay, well, what does the fish need to survive? Uh, What does the fish need to be kept healthy and happy? Right. Uh, and because honestly, this is like level one of pet, like pet quest, right? Fish quest is chapter one of pet quest. Yeah. You know, there's more coming. Yeah. I, but I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How will you measure the fish's happiness? Uh, uh, swim direction. <laughs> Wait, okay. So fish happiness. Uh, fish keeping busy doing fish, okay. living as a fish. And you're not going to have the fish do a survey. No, I I don't. And do the thing a little is, PHQ I mean, it's got to be observationally based. It can't be what a fish says. It's got to be what a, about what a fish does. <laughs> that's that's really smart. Well, you know, I, I I'm glad we put you in charge of the fish quest. <laughs> See, I knew it was. This was a good plan. Yeah, well, I can I can come up with a structured rationalization for a lot of stuff. So, right. yeah, stand back. That's awesome. Are there other um, kind of aspects of Fish Quest that you wanted to? So share? everyone, I don't know if we have to go into micro detail. No, I would go just to what, So every principle has a challenge to complete. And we think overall the challenges it'll take about two weeks mm-hmm. for them to complete. Just in case people are wondering, you know, we're not. Torturing our five and nine year olds that they have to, to spend that, right? two months doing this. It's not right. It's not about torture, but it, it is about this overall stick-to-itiveness yeah. and that the, the 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 you know they're still interested. Go yeah. if they don't care about a fish at the end of Fish Quest. Yeah, no fish. Yeah, it has been really fascinating the conversations we've had around the quest mm. and the different things. Like one of the things they have to do is something nice for each other. Every day they have to do one thing that's nice for each other. And I can tell you, these two kids, they do nice stuff for each other all the time. Um, But asking them to think about it, to do something nice, and then to sit down and talk about it has been a big challenge for them. They either can't think of anything or the little one gets too embarrassed. I don't know if it's embarrassment or just nervous to kind of talk about it. Oh, I mean, there's an aspect of... Uh, mm, and this could be a something from, you know, a trait, maybe genetic. Okay. I don't know, maybe from me. But the <laughs> idea that I'm demonstrating responsibility and you're trying to micromanage me, and you, I'm not going to do anything that's compliant right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that might come from you. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like I yeah, I I I live up to the to the agreement 
you know, stop trying to do these yeah, other things. Leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. Leave me alone. Uh, yeah. So. So we will circle back on this um, in the next couple of weeks to find out if Fish Quest was completed. And oh, it, so we're not going to leave a, a, an infinite cliffhanger to no, be like. No, we'll circle back. I will Instagram pictures of Momo Rainbow. <laughs> That's what you just, you just like doxed the fish. You shared all this pers- personal information. I did what to the fish? <laughs> oh, no. It's a stupid joke. Oh. So doxing is horrible. It's horrible, and it's like that's what people do when they sh- when they publish personal information about someone, whatever. Oh yeah, I did that yeah, to the so fish. That's not funny. Well, we don't. <laughs> it's that, that's. I'm okay. That it's a joke, little funny because yeah. it's for a fish that doesn't exist yet. I know. See, that's why I tried the joke. That's pretty funny. Uh, I just didn't know the the phrase. So whoops. It's, yeah, it's kind of severe and stupid. Okay. I don't know. It's not that good of humor. All right. Well, at any rate, the kids that have already in their um, thoughtfulness, they've already named the fish. Right. Which our audience has the privilege of, you know, knowing. I know. Oh, we've shared our cat's name before, too. Whatever. Again, my joke is super dumb. So let's move on. I, I moved on. Thank you. OK, so we'll circle back on Fish Quest. Yeah. All right. I had one other thing as my voice cracked. Okay. Apparently I'm going through puberty now. Um, I had one other thing that I wanted to talk a little bit about tonight that I think was a fun little science project that we did. Okay, cool. Yeah, a little science project that we did this weekend. Um, What is it? Have you ever done it before? Yes. Oh, you have? No. No. So no, not what you're saying. Yeah. Anyway, you, the, this cardboard box that we put okay. food inside <laughs> in our yard. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever done that before? It's, that was the oddest. Um, like if I really think about what we did, it's pretty weird. Like it's, it's kind of like, well, we. I don't know. We just did a weird little ritual for our f- dessert. You know what I mean? Like it was funny. So it's um, like experiential eating. <laughs> so what we're talking about is we built a solar oven to make solar s'mores, and uh, solar oven might be a little bit of an overstatement, um, as Robbie just mentioned. Yeah, it was I don't a- think anything was in danger of cooking in that thing. <laughs> It was a... When you say oven, I think cooking. <laughs> it was a cardboard box with some tinfoil. Um, and it was well done. So here's here's what happened is um, our oldest, who is nine, did this activity at school. It was like 100 degrees out. So they did solar s'mores. And hey, they worked really great. So uh, we were having some friends over and we were straightening up the house and she... I asked her to throw this piece of paper away and she's looking at the piece of paper and she was like, but mom, this is the list of supplies needed to make solar s'mores. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, just go put it in the other room then. And she asked, can we do it tonight? Can we make these? And I thought, well, what a great activity to do. We have some friends coming over that would really be into that, right? It wouldn't annoy them. So I said, yes. 
And now I've never done this before. I didn't look up the directions. I didn't YouTube it. I didn't go to Pinterest. I just said, you're in charge. Get everything you need. And I bet there are Pinterest boards of there the There is, because I looked tonight. Really fancy. There are thousands of Pinterest posts on making a wow. solar oven and solar s'mores. Wow. And hers was right on. It was right the flip on. Huh. And including because you, um, you, you know, you make this like flap that you put tin foil over because that's going to reflect the sun. Mm-hmm. But then you put saran wrap over the top of it. And she kept saying, because you don't want anything from outside. Like you want it to be sanitary. You want it to be clean. Mm. So that was the top of the oven. And then you make a little oven door. Mm. And I'll post links to several of the solar ovens and um, solar s'mores that I saw. Hmm. And then we put all of our s'mores in the oven and sat it in the sun. And... Melted the chocolate. Did it do anything to your marshmallow? It, it softened the marshmallow. It was... Um, like, it wasn't going to toast the marshmallow, right? Because there was, uh, you know... To be honest, I ignored, like, where my marshmallow... You know, like, like the state of it. I didn't watch it develop. But then, I mean, honestly, a couple of folks and their reaction to... How my marshmallow in particular was yeah, developing. Yeah, you, you did. Yours like started to look like it was really a toasted marshmallow. Uh, well, because I've squished my marshmallow. <laughs> so, so why did that make it so much better than the rest of us who didn't squish our marshmallow? Okay, so I don't know. Um, the The... Okay, so, so the solar oven is, you've got a cardboard box, you essentially have a reflective surface that's at a roughly 45 degree angle pointing down through a saran wrap clear roof on the thing and then in, onto um, like dark construction paper that is the, the surface. So it's, mm-hmm. it's absorbing heat, right? It's, yes. it's essentially turning um, light to heat and it is... Uh, trying to trap the heat that it is collecting right so it's both through the um the 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 dark surfaces which i honestly i need to look this up like i i know that that's how it functions this is a totally a like a i'm not going about to jump into a side topic whatever but i'm just <laughs> saying saying like an interesting topic for me is when i understand when something works but i don't exactly know why and how it works oh we were talking about that concept just the other day i think there was someone who said a Potential topic idea. I, the cat? Maybe. Might maybe. have. Yeah. So anyway, so you got the, uh, you know, the, this rough setup, whatever, the sun is you know, hitting the thing and whatever, it's collecting its heat. And then you set your, your food in the bottom and it is um, being heated by its environment. And I, I think, so you asked, like, why is my, I mean, the marshmallow is not dark, Right, I mean it's it's a it's a white surface, right? It's a very bright sur- called very bright sur- surface yes, reflecting, light, reflecting the light. It's not. Yeah, it's not absorbing the the light and the heat. So I would imagine that has an that has a, an effect, right? Whereas the chocolate the, the is darker and it absorbed. Oh, I and that chocolate melted like anything. It the chocolate melted like you left a candy bar outside in the summertime. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Which I think is, I think chocolate, like, especially sort of um, a milk chocolate is good at that. It's, a, yeah. like, it's, yeah. it's pretty good at melting. And um, then I don't know. Like, so my squished marshmallow, I think, had, it had a, uh, a more surface area, right? Okay. And it had maybe a more complex surface. And so I'm just trying to baloney my way through a hypothesis here. Yeah. And perhaps the more complex surface was less. Well, and you were in the hot spot in the oven. Light. Oh, sure. That's, I had oven privilege. You did have oven privilege. You were probably in the hot spot in the oven. That's honestly, I've been blind to this my whole life. So. <laughs> in the cardboard in, solar in, oven. In the cardboard solar oven of life. So we agreed with um, the friends that were over that we would remove the oven from our home now and just permanently cook in the solar oven. <laughs> yeah. And then we also agreed that we would try to make solar s'mores in the winter, like on a really sunny day. That was a day. good conversation. Like thinking yeah. about like, could this work in yeah. the winter? Yeah. And it was fun yeah. and it did. It there. melted that chocolate. The chocolate melted all over the place and... Unfortunately, um, we had them in nice little bowls that, and that too, I wonder, because they had used plates when they did it at school mm. and we had little just paper bowls, but it seemed to work. Hmm. Well, yeah. Fun. What's interesting is like if your bowls were dark surfaces, that would help. That's what I, totally what I was thinking. Yeah. And, and, or if the bowls had, uh, were reflecting the heat, like if they were essentially, um, also, um, cause the, so the lid has, has, um, uh, it's not tin foil. Yeah. Aluminum foil. Aluminum foil. Um, if the bowls had aluminum foil, I wonder if that would have amplified the. Oh the, yeah. Line the bowls. The reflection the of the light to allow it to transform to heat directly right so you think there's so many surfaces going on there it's like some surfaces are getting more of the heats and they're they're helping in the overall retaining of the heat but then there's that that direct transfer into the food i don't know like the that method is really as as effective well it was a fun little science experiment to do and i think it was really fun because in part because i didn't I didn't look anything up. I didn't double check any of her work. Like we just went with it and it was really good. And it was, it was fun to watch our eldest facilitate. Yeah. She was, she was really in her element with Mm -hmm. kind of coaching everybody and giving the the directions and, Mm -hmm. um, step by step and one thing at a time. It was very fun. Mm -hmm. And, And she did a nice job. She was very kind and gracious doing it. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's, um, you know, I I was impressed at uh, at the, the facilitation. It was neat discovering this thing as it as it was built right. by all of us. Yeah, yeah. It was, and it was really a, a group project, and that was also really fun. I love it when you have a, a good group project. Yeah, um, right on. I'm gonna steal a little uh, time, and I'm gonna roll right into my science pick because Ooh. it's related. So play the science pick music in your head, everyone. Yeah, which we don't have. <laughs> so let us know what ha- what is what you're yes. hearing. Let us know what music you li- you play when it's pick time. Because um, my science pick today is um, the science of toasting marshmallows. Oh, 
Okay. Now, what I looked up was actually the science of toasting marshmallows over a fire, not what happens in a solar. Oh, and one other thing I want to say about this whole um, s'mores and marshmallows is we would like to do a little shout out to Trader Joe's marshmallows because they are vegan marshmallows. We spent many years not participating in the roasting of the marshmallows because we didn't know Trader Joe's made vegan marshmallows. Yeah, and well, for some portion of the year, they make it super easy to get great vegan marshmallows. And it's um, a seasonal product. Yeah, because we, you know, we've tried this in the winter, what have you. And uh, so Trader Joe's is a great brand, and then so is uh, Dandies. Yep, Dandies are good too. Which are available year-round and uh, pretty accessible online. Um, I've struggled, though, to get Dandies. Um, sometimes in the summer, they come melted. Yeah, okay. So. That's tough as far as, you know, delivery, shipping. logistics, shipping. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. So, but those are the two that we strongly prefer. Yeah. And they toast just like any marshmallow. Absolutely. All right, both, so they, they are both uh, delicious. They are. Uh, each is different too. So honestly, get both if you're like, hey, what's this about? You Taste know what? test away. What awesome research that is. Yeah, that's good Eat research. Eat some marshmallows. Too. Yes. Two kinds. All right. When marshmallows are toasted, a chemical change occurs. The sugar molecules in the marshmallow change into carbon, like when you kind of caramelize or brown them. Mm-hmm. Okay. What temperature? Seven. I don't know. I, okay. Um, no, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have that information available. I'll see if I can. No worries. Okay. If I can find it. Um, so, you know, a marshmallow has a lot of air and a lot of space in it. Um, so the heat, so the sugar can, some of the sugar come becomes changed into water molecules. And when you toast the marshmallows, the heat causes the chemical reaction, producing the water molecules, which then evaporate, leaving some carbon behind. And it goes hmm. through kind of a whole process. So when you first toast in your marshmallow, everybody imagine toasting your marshmallow over the fire and you heat the marshmallow, the moisture inside starts to expand, which causes that marshmallow to swell. You know, you get the kind of those bumps on there. Hmm. That's your heat expanding. Um, so that is the water turning into vapor. Yep. Hmm. The moisture inside is expanding. Then the moisture expands and it escapes. Tiny holes in the marshmallow start to let it go, let it come out as steam. And then... Um, the sucrose starts to char then after that because the the water is escaping. Hmm. So anyway, it's kind of cool. And then you toast up your marshmallow and then inside you got to do it slow so the inside gets nice and soft and the outside is nice and crispy. No judgment Toasted. there, right? So because you're kind of implying that the impatient fire dunkers who are, who are charring the outside of their marshmallow, they'll never achieve this. The yumminess? Yeah. Which I guess, you know, depends on your yumminess. Definition. I don't know. There, there is a patience aspect to it. And yeah. I've, I've got lots of research to back that up. So I'll link to some of that research that, no, you just got to take your time. Okay. Here's my question for you, though. Do you mm. like a burnt marshmallow? Do you like to light it on fire? So as, as a, as a uh, I don't know if I was a wild young person, but I would say... 
you know, I had, I had, um, you know, I would, I don't know, I'd jump a jump in my BMX bike, whatever, you know, like. Onto a marshmallow? In those days, I would burn a marshmallow. And since those days, I I don't like burning a marshmallow. Oh. So I used to be a burnt marshmallow person. And you would, you connect that. I'd make a little torch out of the thing, right? So the thing, like a marshmallow does have a satisfying like if you just, you know, say, so you, you sort of, I don't know, hum the ABCs and then shove the marshmallow in the fire, right? So then after maybe not that many seconds, your marshmallow goes from like getting warm to like now it's a torch and yeah. getting charred and you let the char happen. Yeah. Quick blow it out. It has a kind of, you know, that's a, that's a kind of good tasting marshmallow. That I that was my main thing for a while. But you you equate that or you link that to your rebel nature. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. My rebel nature. Your rebel nature that well think I have a rebel nature. Well no, you just said you did then. Yeah. Like I would jump my BMX bike, but you know. Yeah, in those days, the burn a marshmallow. That, that was the thing. <laughs> and now I, I don't want to do that anymore. I want I want like a likely a lightly toasted marshmallow that has had uh, has had time to become gooey inside, but has a light brown. See right there that that aligns with the research. So I so I I was doing science. Science. All right. See, it was my science pick. That's a good. <laughs> I love a good toasted marshmallow. So wh- where's your marshmallow? Light, um, light golden brown always has been. Always light golden yeah. brown. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, have I eaten a burnt marshmallow? Oh heck yeah, okay. they're, they're okay. Like I don't, I don't dislike them, but not my intentional or desired marshmallow. Hmm. And I prefer just eating a toasted marshmallow over a s'more. I know that's probably going to disappoint some people. I I actually yeah, I'm I'm pretty much there too. Like a, to... a s'more is like a fun activity. See, to me a s'more is just complicating things. It does complicate. I don't things. I don't need that kind of complication with my candy. Just let me eat it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't have to balance it and put it together and smush it and then have it break and I'm a simple person, apparently. I don't know. No, well, I mean, honestly, there there is there are more elements to that whole thing, right? The the s'more. Now you've got the. Are you making a sandwich, basically? And graham crackers just are not good sandwich material. Anyway, I could talk about campfire snacks for a really long time, so I think we should probably move on before I jump into banana flips and hot pockets and pie whackers. Pie whackers. Oh, yum. Man with frosting. Mm. Yeah. All right. All, All right. right. So do you have an art pick? I do have an art pick. Is it pie whacking? It's not pie whacking. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, Wouldn't it be funny if it was, though? If you're like, wow. I'm... Yeah, the weirdest thing. <laughs> Someone made a beautiful pie whacker. So, <laughs> it, um, so this art pick is... It's basically an, an audio experience combined with hardware and also more places to get the audio experience. Some might misunderstand my pick as two picks. It's not. Oh. It's fully not two picks. I'm guessing it's two picks. Uh, 
fine. I, you know, whatever. I accept those who misunderstand a pick. But <laughs> what I so okay, I like to follow um, the Hackaday community, community, and they do some like there's so many people building interesting things that are. I mean, they're. I mean, for a lot of different pursuits, right? Automating stuff in your house or whatever. Um, even just leveling up knowledge in, in in hardware building, where so much of my background is like software and digital and even like physical media, but it's like two-dimensional, um, you know, make marks on a page, which I love, and but have this this huge curiosity to understand and explore more. This is like one of my on, ongoing learning things, which is to to continue to learn about electronics and building physical stuff. And uh, so on my radar popped this article, and it's super awesome. If because it's it's essentially a it's a music player, right? So think like. like an- iPod, like an iPod, like back or like in the, the day. Discman. Is it a Discman? It's a <laughs> Discman. <laughs> Discman. So like, uh, it's it's like a Discman, but it's but it is, um, but it plays or a audio. audio. <laughs> is that how they say it from South Dakota? Is, is that is that a South Dakotan thing? Um, I'm not saying it right. I I'm not saying a right thing. I think there's a you have a local, um, uh, you know, way of ex- saying those things. A local accent. Uh, like we called it a, a like a, in Minnesota, we say it's ya an iPod. Right? <laughs> don't you know? Don't you know? <laughs> All right, it's an iPod. Don't you? You know? betcha. Uh, but anyway, this uh, this thing is called the the, the Mega Girl. Because of the the Sega Genesis was this you know this classic video game system from the eighties, late eighties, and uh, early nineties. Still, it was was when it got a lot you know some popularity. It um, there were, I mean, I think a, a lot of folks who played that system enjoyed some of the music that. Oh sure, you've yeah. you've listened to some of that. Yeah, and so there's uh quite a bit actually. You like a lot of video game music though. I do. There's there's some kind of, you know, mood and tone where where that's that's really what video game music is providing is this background feeling. And it uh I I don't know, I find it quite joyful and so someone built a um little iPod like device that plays music from the Sega Genesis and it just lets you select through it and then play it. And, um, I think it's amazing. I think this, this, this thing it's build, it's sound, it sounds great. It, it uses a couple of different, um, um, pieces of hardware that are like, like one that, that lets it sort of run the task of managing all this stuff, but then one that's actually playing the music and, uh, it's a really cool project and it sounds awesome. Awesome. It sounds exactly like a Sega Genesis or as, you know, those folks in other places in the world experienced that system from Sega. It's, you know, they called it a mega drive. So, oh, gotcha. Yeah. So and that's so, why. So it's where, that's why I think it gets the name mega girl. So, um, cause I guess what would the other name be? Master girl? 
Um, no, Jenna Girl. Jenna's, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, Mega Girl. It's good. It's a great name. Great project. I, I'm going to link to this in the show notes. And <clears throat> I'm just going to say, because of this one pick, it, make, it makes you think of um, <laughs> video game music and music. enjoyment of it, celebration, what have you. Uh, one of my favorite places over the years to have some some music, especially that like enhances background creative work. So like you have like sometimes if I have music with with too many words, too many lyrics. I know you're thinking of that. Um, it's like it's hard for me to write words. I I need to have just sort of mood. Yeah, flowing. I would agree with that totally. Yeah, that yeah makes sense to me. But I know some folks that works different, whatever. But like, um, if if this is is your situation, like a great kind of source of so much awesome background music that celebrates and sometimes updates um, video game music from all the different eras is Overclocked Remix, and oh, that is at ocremix.org. Easy URL to uh, go check out right there. But of course, we'll link to it in the show notes too. OC Remix, not a second pick. Bonus pick. Hmm. Some would say. Some would say. I do like those picks though. Those were, those were excellent. That's a lot of fun. And Thanks for liking my pick. <laughs> if there was a like button on this podcast, I would click it. Oh, I'm so awesomely thankful for that. Overclocked Remix. That's cool. I'm going to check that out. Mm-hmm. You've been hearing Overclocked Remix stuff for a long time. Well, I know I have, but like when I'm on my own working. Good point. Good point. I don't yeah. think I've... You walk into my office, you can get that, but like, yeah. Yeah, if I'm in my office, yeah. In your office. All right. Fantastic. Well, I think that wraps us up for today. Nice. All right. Thank you for listening and for being a part of our Art and Science Punks community. Robbie, where can the people find us online? Oh, gosh. We're so many places online. We are not quite... I, I wouldn't say we are online, like <laughs> like all the line. But, uh, you know, on a few of the social networks, you can find us as... Uh, well, almost our name and one, you can find us as our full name. So we are Art and Science Punks on Instagram, for instance, right? And then on Twitter, we are Art Science Punks. Boom. And you can find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm, where we are also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts, where we would appreciate your kind words and ratings. Thanks, and you can reach me at our Art and Science Punks Instagram or as Kate Stenzinger on Instagram. Well, and you know what? I'm Rob Stenzinger on Instagram, uh, and I'm on uh, the other social networks, too. I just use my name. I'm even on Twitch. Nice. Keep building, making, and sharing. Solar ovens. So, like, I think by the 29th of July, you still can get Guitar Fredder for free. And that is a game I made and have continued to lovingly tend and update on, on occasion and also, you know, bring to multiple platforms over the last nine years. What platforms is it available on? It's on iOS, so you can play it on your iPhone or iPad. It's on Android, so you can play it on those phones and tablets. And it's on your Windows machine and and Mac. Nice. I have it on my iPad. 
So cool. Yeah. And, um, this free sale, uh, some folks have discovered it. That's for sure. And yeah. that's what it's for. I mean, honestly, it's been around a Share while. Share it, yeah. Guitar Fretter is, it's, it's, it's about making it a game to learn the note positions on a fretted stringed instrument. So, Like a guitar. Like a guitar or a bass. And so it's really aimed at four, five, uh, four and five string bass and then six and seven string guitar. And... But honestly, it's got custom tuning and whatever. So, like, you could turn this into, like, an ukulele if you want. But maybe lots of folks will check it out. And that gives me... Yeah, and you can see what you want to do next with it. Exactly. I love that. Worth mentioning. Totally worth mentioning. You'll have to put this in the beginning of the episode. I got to put some links into the Trello board. And then I got to take my beanbag nap. (laughs) My post-show beanbag nap. Nice. I might have to wrestle the cat for my blanket, though. 